What the hell was that? That's where we start today. I got home last night. Pardon me for the voice. Been up today, did a couple of radio shows uh, around the country, and uh, voice is a little bit hoarse, and last night got home late. Anyway, what the hell was that? They got their asses whipped in every facet of the game. Every facet of the game. Uh, I'm talking Packers. Badgers did, too. That was, uh, that, was a, that was a bad loss. That was a bad loss. I know it's always, you know, the cliche, always tough to, you know, win on the road and, you know, in-conference opponent and you blah, 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 just another, uh, you know, big boatload of excuses. Um, but that Packers team yesterday, it, I sat here this morning and I started to watch it. And I, find my, I found myself shutting it off. And one of the things I was thinking was brought up this morning, uh, and you know me, I'm not a huge fan of, um, of, of ESPN. Uh, but I will say I do flip around. I put on Good Morning Football. I listen to different, I listen to Mad Dog Sports Radio, Fox Sports Radio. I, I try to flip around the dial as I'm getting up and doing my routine. That's what I do. And um, I, I had it on this morning in the background, and I was listening to two different things. And I had to turn the radio off because something caught my ear. And uh, I think it was the end of it. I don't know if it was Michael Irvin or Dan Orlovsky or who said it. But they said, Matt LaFleur needs to be held accountable. And I, it made my ears perk up. And they said, because... He's calling plays, or someone's calling plays, as if Devontae Adams is still there. And I was, I was like, whoa, wait a minute. So I, 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 at this point in time, I've got my laptop in front of me. I'm sitting at the breakfast bar. I'm, I'm listening to all this stuff. And so I went back and I started to watch. And um, as I did, I'm thinking, damn, they're right. Now, there were six drops yesterday in that game. Alan Lazard had an ugly drop. Romeo Dubs had an ugly drop. I mean, there were six drops in that game yesterday. So when it came to throwing the football. But here's a statistic that, that it was Dan Orlovsky. And Dan Orlovsky I like because I, he's very good at just breaking stuff down. But one of the things that he said was, if you look at this offense and the way Matt LaFleur is calling it or Aaron Rodgers is calling it, and I've talked about this, it's, it's abnormal. When you should be a run-oriented offense because your best weapon is is Aaron Jones, right? I think we can all agree on that. Your best weapon is Aaron Jones. He he put up the statistic. He says, you are, you are not giving your run game a chance. And this is what I've been saying, is if you are not under center, you're kind of dictating how things are going to go to begin with. Out of, uh, what was it, 226 plays, 191 have been run out of shotgun. I was like, whoa! Now, I know the league has gone to a quarterback-driven shotgun league, okay? I understand that. But when you look at that number, 191 to 35, 35 plays, that's it. Out of 226, 35 plays have been run under center. And out of those plays... The success of positive yardage of two yards or more has been 19. So your, per, your success percentage under center 
has been far greater than your success percentage on a shotgun and your success percentage overall. And and so the, the diagnosis was you are acting like you still have Devontae, and you don't. He's gone. He's not walking through that door. You had to change. You had a whole offseason to understand you don't have a star receiver. Stop acting like Alan Lazard's it. Stop acting like Randall Cobb is it. Stop acting like you have Devontae. And you'll be better. Your identity needed to flip. And it didn't. Shame on Matt LaFleur. This whole thing about they work hard, they they really put good schemes together. They do. If you have Devontae, you he's not walking through that door. Now, what's past is past, okay? Why he's not here and all that, who cares? He's not coming through the door. Who cares? So I started to watch this game in a different mindset. I'm going to watch it again this afternoon when I get off the air. But I started to watch this, and I'm thinking, damn, if he's not right. They're still dropping back. They're still, you know, the whole thing was supposed to be motion, right? It was supposed to be motion and run game. Now, the caveat to this is that you can do all of that if you've got anybody on the offensive line that is worth a blank. Yesterday, they absolutely got their lunch money stolen from them. That was the most pathetic offensive line display I can remember in a long time. You, fl- I hope they're listening. You flat out got your ass whipped. If that was a fight, they would have stopped it in about the third round because you had no answer, none. They were stunning. They were beating you. They- At one point in time, John Runyon was turned around running towards the quarterback. He got spun around, beat up, and pushed forward. So when you're backing up, right, you know what I'm talking about. He's backing up, he's backing up, he's trying to trying to fend off the defender. Instead, the defender turned him. Now the defender's pushing upfield towards Aaron Rodgers with Runyon's back. And Runyon is spun around getting pushed upfield, like running towards Aaron Rodgers. Like, like just, it, it was just amazing. Just amazing. Elton Jenkins, you need to be a guard. Stop listening to your agent. Stop with all this BS. You want to be paid like a tackle. You're not a tackle. You're a guard. Period. End of story. And if you don't have the ability to convert Josh Nyman from left tackle to right tackle, then Brian Kudikin, shame on you. And what happened, is that, what happened to Sean Ryan and Zach Tom? They were talking about these guys progressing and so good, and they can't even smell the field. If they were that good, you can try something else. Well, you know, when you're a, when you're a boxer and you're in the corner and they're beating the hell out of you, you have one of two choices: start swinging like a wild man and just hope that something lands, right? Or your trainer throws in a towel. Matt Lafleur has mismanaged the offensive line. Go back to last year when he is the one solely responsible for effing up that uh, that playoff game when he clearly saw the line wasn't worth a blank. Matt LaFleur is on the hot seat. Not as a coach as far as losing his job. I'm talking about criticism now. Okay? When you screwed that up, you should have been a man, admitted your mistake, and changed it and went back. Screw the egos. It's about winning. It's about money. People are paying money to come and see you. 
You've got the ultimate ego on this team. You've kissed his ass for a long time. Now it's about accountability. You, you, you screwed that up yesterday because you're, you had no answer. At that point, you're just throwing anything at the door to see if it sticks. Somebody's got to stop when the dam is bursting. You don't keep sticking the same stick in the, in the same hole, realizing the water's still coming through. You go with a different stick or a bigger stick or a different Band-Aid or some. you got to stop the water. Rodgers took a beating yesterday. Took a beating yesterday. I counted 11, 11 times he got hit. I mean hit. There's times you get shoved and pushed around. But I counted 11 times he got hit yesterday. That, that was a pitiful performance. And to keep sitting here, bald face, looking. Because I, I give credit. The media yesterday hammered them a little bit. Hammered them a little bit. Kudos. To those that were actually inside 1265 down in that media auditorium asking Matt LaFleur, you keep saying you're going to run the ball. Three carries for Aaron Jones in the first half. Oh, that's unacceptable. i got to look at the tape. We can pretty much just put that on, on, on autoplay. Oh, that's unacceptable. i got to look at the tape. It's, it's you know, unacceptable. Just everything in life now, I want you to walk around the streets of Wisconsin, wherever you're at. I want T-shirts. We should all get T-shirts for the next home game. Just says that's unacceptable. We got to look at the tape. That that's that's what we need to write because that's that's your cliche answer. That's your craptastic answer. Unacceptable. Got to look at the tape. Oh, Aaron Rodgers got hit eleven times. Uh, we tried uh, different things on the offensive line. The same thing didn't work again. So we uh, that's unacceptable. We'll have to look at the tape. Sorry. And I'll be honest, and, and Buck says uh, we're coming down pretty hard on the Packers. You know what, Buck? Nobody has a problem getting praised. Nobody has a problem being held up and look at your record and the fastest you know, winning percentage of any young coach in the first three seasons in comparison to Lombardi, in comparison to any other great coach that's ever donned the sidelines. And looking at Aaron Rodgers and the completion to pick percentage and such and look at him as one of the statistically greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game and accept awards and be the MVP and stand on stage and you've got your own platform to be kind of smug and arrogant and SOB be over there with uh, Pat McAfee and pee on everybody else that has any opinion about you and this and that. Well, that's fine. But when the stuff is real and everybody sees it coming but you, now it's the time to be accountable. And now it's the time for people, whether it's people in the media, whether it's fans, whether it's people inside 1265, whether it's other organizations, whether it's, whether it's, it's, it's people that are commentators, Everybody has seen this. We all talked about it. It's going to have to be a motions-led offense. It's going to have to be a run-led offense. A lot of two-back sets. Take the pressure off of Aaron Rodgers to be great all the time. You know why? Because it takes two to tango. And you've got one dance partner. That's Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't have greatness. He's got an old dude that's probably done for a long period of time in Randall Cobb. He's got a third-rate wide receiver in Alan Lazard at best. At best, stop telling me Alan Lazard's a one or a two. He's not. You got Romeo Dobbs, young guy coming on. Christian Watson, he's a paperweight. You drafted a paperweight. You didn't go out and, and make a trade for Tariq Hill. You didn't go out and you, we haven't heard anything about you just throwing extra money at OBJ to come here and help us. Whatever it happens to be, 
There, there's no deal in the works right now, and I'm not saying OBJ's the answer. I'm just saying that there's there were wide receivers on the market. You you needed you saw the exodus. I'm not saying Equinemia St. Brown or Marquez Valdez Scantling, although he would his speed would be nice to have at least, but something different. It it just it's mind numbing when you see it coming and you don't have an answer. Now, it could just be like Major League Baseball. Every now and then you have a game where you meet an opponent and they score 10, they score 12, 13, 15, 16 on you, and you can't stop them. And you, no matter who you put on the mound, it, they're going to get beat. So or you end up throwing a left fielder or you throw a right fielder or a short shortstop who's got a little bit of accuracy to pitch the ninth inning. Okay, it happens. You were taken to the woodshed. But we have seen this coming. Your most solid win your most solid win of the season was against a bad Bears team. You played an okay game, good enough to win against Tom Brady and a weaponless team. You faced a Giants team without three of their six wide receivers, without all of their corners, and losing three offensive linemen and Daniel Jones, who could barely walk midweek. And you got beat. You couldn't chase him down. And now a Jets team who is decent. They're not great. But they're strong up front. And we talked about this defense, didn't we? We talked about it last week and specifically during the huddle on Wednesday night. When you sat there and you started to look at the statistics and really got into the numbers of that Jets team. And you started to look at the picks. You started to look at the pressures, the sacks. They were fifth in the league, man, coming in. You're thinking, wow, that's okay. Got a, got a strong offensive line, right? No. And what they did was they grabbed you by your ankles and went pow, 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 right on your ass and whipped you to death. That's what they did. And you didn't have an answer. Then they set you on your feet. You're standing there. You're rubbing your ass. You're like, mommy. And then they punched you right in the nose. No answer. And Matt LaFleur... You go check the tape because it's unacceptable. Stay tuned. We got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. What an awful performance out of the Green Bay Packers yesterday at Lambeau Field. They get knocked off by the Jets, and not just knocked off, they got manhandled. They got manhandled. I put it over on uh, Facebook, too, just an FYI, just in case you're wanting to see the design, uh, the new T-shirt, I believe we should all wear it uh, to Lambeau Field at the next home game. Uh, I just think that it should come out as a T-shirt that just is simply a green T-shirt with bright the mustard-colored lettering that just simply says, that's unacceptable, we'll have to look at the tape. That's unacceptable, we'll have to look at the tape. And when the uh, the Packers are announced after every player comes on the field, that's what's chanted. That's unacceptable, we'll have to look at the tape. 877-867-1670, bringing in now Eric Branchek of the Green Bay Press-Gazette, joining us uh, on the hotline. Eric, how you doing, man? <laughs> I'd buy one of those T-shirts. Without a doubt. Yep. 
Uh, week after week. Oh, you know. Oh, by the way, only three carries for Aaron Aaron Jones in the first. That's unacceptable. We're gonna, we're gonna have to look at the tape. Yeah. And what? You're the one that said you wanted to run the ball more. You're one of the one that said you needed more motion, more success in the run game to establish yourself. And instead, you you just completely abandon it, basically. Well, that's just it. You know. I, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna compare this. If you look at the San Francisco 49ers last year, or this year, or shoot, the last couple of years. And, and you look at the Rams a little bit, and you look at, at where this is the tree that this guy came from. And this is the, the lineage that they do. And it's one of the things that I think can make them successful is to, you know, you, you're not dripping with talent at the playmaking position on the other side of the ball, but you got to make do just like the 49ers did. I mean, they got, you know, they got a quarterback that they're trying to get rid of, but yet they're still successful pounding the ball and, and, and using motion and putting guys in positions to be successful. And you saw a little bit of it, and then they stop it. And then they're a little bit, and then we stop it. You know, it's just – it's very, very um, interesting to me that they don't just say, this is what we're going to do, and we're going to just keep doing it. And I don't know where that's coming from. The other thing is if they don't fix that offensive line, they don't fix a guard center guard position in a hurry – It'll be over with before you know before midseason because because twelve isn't going to be able to make it. I mean, he's not going to. How many more games is he going to be able to make it pummeled like he did on Sunday? Um, let's start with the offensive line and that right side. I uh, yesterday I saw Runyon. God is my witness. Get turned around. He was running towards Aaron Rodgers, being shoved by a defensive lineman. I, I was like, wow. That's not only getting beaten, that's getting turned around and lifted up by your seat pan, pan, the seat of your pants and getting thrown into your quarterback. It, it was terrible up front. Yeah, he got a Pollard Grundy there a couple times. Dang, holy smokes. Yep. Um, and, and, and you look at Newman, too, it was pretty ugly. And, and oh, God, what? yeah. Kudos to the Jets. The Jets did a, was awesome because, I mean, the Packers don't see a lot of forefront teams. And one of the one thing that you do out of a forefront with Passing down is you overload one side of the line. So typically it's the weak side. And you put, you know, you got a guy in a seven outside shoulder of the tackle, and you got a three technique and a one or a zero technique. And then to the other side, you only got a seven, and you walk up a backer in case they decide to run a draw or something silly. So you're good to go. And the Bay Packers could not handle that. They just could not. They had no answer to it. There were times where, they were they were inside. So what you're doing on defense is you're getting one to one battles. Okay, there's 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 no opportunity for a double team um, in the in the middle on that side of the line of scrimmage that you're overloading. And then on the other side, you got attack. You got your outside guy who's way out in the seventh. So the you know the tackle's got to go out and get him. And then you got a guard that's in the middle, and he's got to make a decision. Either I'm going to go help the tackle, or I'm going to dive down and I'm going to try and double team here. Well, um, I mean, it was it was comical the amount of twists that they ran with the tackles there, and they would just run right by either Runyon or run right by Newman. There were times Newman he's going out to the tackle, the guy's just playing contain. That's all he's doing is just containing, and then right where he was supposed to be, they run a twist. You know, it's just unbelievable how poorly played that was, and it's been a you know and it, it affects the entire game. Throws from the quarterback are off because he's not confident. There's nowhere for him to escape. Because that, you know, wherever the overload is, they were so congested there that there wasn't anything there. And if he went out to the right, now they got a linebacker that's sitting in a window that can shoot. 
it was really difficult for them to do anything. And it, it was, and one of the things that, that, you know, as Packer fans, as you were watching the last eight to 10 years, it's been really, really good. You know, and, and you know, from AB gap, it's been really solid quarterback can step up and you know, also tackle is going to run his buy down. He can step up and slide either way. There wasn't any of that, especially yesterday, because they were just getting handled all over the place. And I don't know, um, the only way to get him out of that is to run the football, and they decided that they wanted to continually throw the ball again. The uh, the run game, we talked about them abandoning it. They at least gave A.J. Dillon the ball enough times to get 4.1 yards per carry. It seemed at times it would work. Basically what I saw was the Jets said, we're going to beat you up front, and we're going to take your two running backs out of the game because you don't have anything else. You stink. And I think that's kind of the way they played it. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, they did a lot of moving. You know, so one of the things that the Packers, the strength of their offensive line is that they're really good power gap runners, you know, not just zone blocking. You know, down, down, kick out, pull a couple guys. They're really good at that. And the way to beat that is to get your guys moving up front so they're not just standing there trading, trading blows with these things. And that's what they did. They moved. They were, they were moving up front, so they're shooting gaps. They were slanting uh, to the strength. They were slanting away from strength. They were moving around, and they, uh, the Packers could not handle it. They, they, they just – there was no answer to it, and I thought the backs on occasion, you know, there were cutback lanes that they didn't take, or there were times where, you know, they just kind of buried their head it up and they could have bounced it outside. There were some opportunities for them, but, you know, you got you to gotta, – what is Mercedes Lewis? He seems like he's about 45, but I'm guessing he's in his upper 30s. He he was struggling with on the edge trying to get stuff to happen. And okay, so the running game isn't working. Strength of our offense is our running backs. Troll screens. Do something to the running backs to get the ball in their hands, rather than just throw it downfield to a rookie and um, you know an okay wide receiver. I think the solution is Mike and you or Bill. You might absolutely agree with me. Throw it to the tight end. Yeah. Well, they threw to Tanyan on a record number of times yesterday, and he set the record for the franchise record for catches by a tight end in this game with 10 catches for 90 yards. Didn't end the end zone, but at least Tanyan was able to move the sticks. And I think they need to, you know, if you are really looking at this offense and you're looking in the mirror and you're saying, what do we got? Got a couple backs that are pretty good, uh, and we got a tight end. They, they got to they got to do stuff with the tight end to open him up and get him the ball because he doesn't drop it. Uh, the passes that he that, that go his way that he does not uh, complete the pass on is that he's usually in the dirt. You know he had two passes yesterday that he didn't catch because one was in the dirt and the other one was darn near in the dirt. You know so and it was behind him. So I think they got to focus on that tight end and get him the get him the football at least to keep the chains going and that will loosen up the linebackers a little bit again in the run game. The uh, when you look at this team for wide receiving prospects, I I don't the, it, to to me it's almost like you got to make a trade if you're good against at this point. If you have anything salvageable at this point, do you go out and make a deal or do you look at this team going? You know what? Even if we bring in a top-notch wide receiver, we're not a Super Bowl caliber team. We're not making that trade. I I I would agree with you that I, I don't know who's out there available. Or who would be who would be available. <clears throat> and I don't know, um, you know, 
let's talk about OBJ for a second. You know, that's been the big talk the last couple of weeks is this team needs, needs to get Beckham. And I, if I'm Beckham, and you got a team that's circling the drain, are you going to come here? No. I'm like, no way. I ain't coming there. No, no but you guys, it's cold. It's not a big city, so there's no big bright lights for me to, you know, walk around and feel good about. And secondly, you know, if he's at this point in his career, you're going to go to a contender. You're not coming to Green Bay just because of Aaron Rodgers on a bad team. No. I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, yeah, you want to go out and get guys, but I don't know who to get. And, you know, anyone you're going to get is probably going to be a, you know, a retread, a really bad, you know, someone who's injured all the time with Sammy Watkins. Um, they just need to find a way to move the sticks with what they have. And they're, they're, they're not – I think, in my opinion, they're not utilizing the talent that they do have. And get the ball to the running backs, hit the tight end, and when everybody steps up on that, then you throw it over the top, and hopefully you get lucky. I mean, that's really talking with Eric Branch. Talking with Eric Branch at the Green Bay Press Gazette. Eric, uh, defensively speaking, I thought they came out more aggressive. They looked impressive. They only gave up three points. The defense was playing well. And then they they gave up the touchdown, and it seems like they reverted back to the let's keep everything in front of us type of defense and allowed the Jets to kind of dictate offensively what it is they wanted to do. Is that kind of the way you saw it as well in film? Yeah. I mean, I watched it, you know, twice this morning, and the way I felt about it was, I mean, if you look at this and you boil it down, the defense gave away 17 points. Your defense gives up 17 points in the NFL, you should win every one of those Games. Right. I mean, that's you know that's just the way it is. But you look at the last score, or that, that you know, I, a few people were chatting about you know you got the ball up nine minutes in the fourth quarter, you're down by 14 points. Momentum was all on the Jets. They had all the momentum. Here's a young team, fairly talented bunch of guys that are experiencing success for the first time in a number of years with a coach that is a fire plug on the sideline. Those guys were fired up, and momentum was clearly on that side of the field. You know, I, I think a lot of people that don't play the game or never played the game don't understand what momentum, what that does for your team. And when that momentum goes and is tilted on the other side of the field, it's awful hard to get it back. And that series, you know, you're down by 14 points. Fourth quarter, your offense isn't doing anything. I don't, you know, I... Yeah, as a professional, you should go out. They did keep them out of the end zone. They only got the field goal there on that one. But is it unexpected for them to, to have a drive there? I, I, I don't think so. I think at that point in time, everybody in the stadium knew. Um, I think at that point, more people were staying in the stadium to watch the band afterwards than to watch the football game. I mean, that's right. just how it felt. And um, I don't – I just – I think momentum was on their side and it didn't stop. I thought they played – Defensively, they had some continual mistakes with their linebackers. Um, they don't have any depth at the outside li- at the outside linebacker position, so some of those runs got away on them. And uh, you know, they were they were blitzing. I mean, they blitzed. Trying to think here, they blitzed uh, three D backs and they blitzed uh, a linebacker. That's more blitzing than they've done in probably three years over there on that side of the football. And it was it's like press man. Um, they played two men underneath, so with a man underneath with two deep zone. They did a lot of things on defense that was really good. Just, you know, not enough. And, and I think, unfortunately, that uh, that runs to that quarterback and that offense. And when the offense is sputtering, it really hurts the entire football team. Right. No, I, that I agree with. And, and really, in regards to scoring defense, you're right. They only gave up that 17 points. 
So in that sense, the scoring defense numbers are actually going to be better than what a lot of people look at and expect, but they just gave up some drives at the most inopportune moments. And then that brings us to the ugly head that is special teams. Not once. I thought it was brilliant on the pooch, uh, the pooch kickoff to pin them back. You had an extra 10 or 15 yards and the personal foul. Here you go. And then you see the seize part, and they bring it out beyond the 30. It was a perfect, it was a perfect thought and an unbelievably poor executed uh, pooch kickoff. The blocked punt for a touchdown. It just seemed like everything fell apart again. Yep, and uh, it's that, that's inexplicable. inexplicable. Cause they brought guys in just to play special teams, you know. You got there's, and I don't, I, I can't explain it. I don't know if it's in the water over there on that side of the on that side of the city or what that makes that special team so terrible. But um, the execution, you're absolutely right. Just and I and I, I listen. I think at that point in time, I know I you know. I know these guys, everybody's getting paid, right? But it's still a game, and it's still an emotional game. And when you're getting throttled up front, uh, uh, your offensive line is getting throttled, and your offense is sputtering, and that brings your whole team down. And they really needed – I thought that block punt was going to be the spark, and then they turn around with their own block punt for a touchdown that hurts. So it's yeah. kind of a kind of a, a tough deal. Next week, the commanders – uh, this, to me, is the get-right game. If you don't get right this week, then you're you're already in for a long season, I believe, anyway. But if you don't get right in Washington, uh, you're st- you're really starting to circle the drain, aren't you? For sure. And I think this is scary. You've got a cornered rat there in Washington, right? You know, things are going bad. The coach is obviously um, in the, on the hot seat. Yeah, quarterback that's, you know, feeling some heat. And, and this, is, this is a scary game because... That team can come together and just punch these guys in the mouth, and you know now you're licking your wounds coming back from Washington. That's a that would be a really difficult uh, situation, and um, it would, I agree it would circle you, that team. Would I don't think they're, I think they're circling the drain now. I think they'd be all the way down the drain. Um, you got hey, real quick. They're not. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just saying that Washington is not defensively isn't what they used to be, but I think it's still enough. They got enough talent up front where they can hurt you. Hey, real quick before I let you go, what would you do with the offensive line at this point? Because you saw Runyon get beat up. You saw, uh, you know, obviously a change at center, and Hanson goes out. And then the, then you see Royce Newman get beat up. It, it, just, it was ugly. Uh, what would you do? Would you bring Elton Jenkins back into guard and tell Yash Nyman he's now your right tackle? I think that's, that is a very, very strong possibility, and I, I that's what I would do. I think I would I would put Tom at guard and keep Nyman on the on the on the sidelines one more week just to make sure that Bakhtiari can get through it. Now, conventional thought in my mind was that this weekend, this game yesterday was if Bakhtiari can get through the entire game. If he can, then kick Jenkins down and insert Nyman. After I woke up this morning, I'm thinking maybe keep Nyman around just one more week to see if. if if uh, um, Bakhtiari can make it through another game and then make the move with him. Because the one thing that if, if, let's say, next week when you got Nyman playing right tackle and Bakhtiari goes down, now you got to move two players. So Nyman goes back to left tackle and insert another one. If, if Bakhtiari goes down, now I'm only making one move. So that would be probably the safe way to go. 
the emotional guy. If I if I really feel bad about my old line, I'm yanking out Newman and Runyon, and I'm inserting Jenkins and Tom and sliding uh, uh, nine men out the right tackle, and let's have at it. Great stuff as always, buddy. We'll talk again next week, okay? Yeah, sounds good. Hopefully it's a little bit more fun, although Packers loss does make it a little easier to talk about. Yeah, right. No doubt about it. Good stuff. You guys have a great week. Thanks a lot for having me on. All right, pal. Talk to you later. Eric Branchek, the Green Bay Press-Gazette, breaking down the film from yesterday. And uh, just a lot of logic behind a lot of that stuff, but uh, I agree with him. Zach Tom was a guy that really impressed early on. Preseason, training camp, they spoke so highly. We've seen offensive linemen come in as rookies before and have success. You know, maybe that's the direction you go. If you're getting beat that bad up front, maybe, maybe that's something you have to do. It's not something you want to do, but maybe at this point in time, you just got to do it. You have to do it. You know what I mean? Uh, 877-867-1670. This portion of the program brought to you by our good friends over there at Wisconsin Harley-Davidson. I know. I, I, get, I look outside. I see snow flying, man. I do. And it sucks. It just, it just feels – yesterday's game feels like today, right? You got wind. You got raw cold. You got snow flying. Just bleh, you know? That was the game yesterday. That's why I woke up. And my one of my first thoughts was, as I was bringing the equipment in from the truck outside, as I'm walking past my motorcycle, is at what point do I make the phone call and say, hey, I'm going to go ahead and store it away for winter. I still got I want to ride in me, you know. But if, you, if you're like me and you st- maybe go out and get some motor clothes, they're going to warm you up to make sure that you can take that final ride. Because this weekend's supposed to warm up a little bit. So I'm kind of banking on that. Maybe this weekend will be better. I can get back out there, do a little riding before the season ends, and then I'll put it away at the end of October. Uh, But if not, if you need storage, they've got storage. If you want your bike winterized, they can do that as well. If you have uh, just looking for maybe gift ideas, come the holiday. There you have it. Go to WISHD.com. That is WISHD.com. That's Wisconsin, Harley-Davidson, and Oconomowoc. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.